Do the philosophies of gentle parenting sound right, but you aren't sure if they are as biblical as they claim to be? Are conflicting opinions about discipline causing you to question your parenting methods and what's best for your children? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you find our podcast encouraging and helpful, would you prayerfully consider making a one-time donation this month in celebration of our three-year anniversary? Just go to gingerhubbard.com support to give any amount. Another way you can help support our ministry is to purchase Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. Already thinking about gift ideas for Easter? Well, stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on all three of Ginger's children's books. You can get those at gingerhubbard.com. Listeners, we are so thankful for the opportunity to encourage you each week, and we appreciate your support. Your donations enable us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for the world and everything in it wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Ginger. Uh, The more questions we receive from our listeners, the more I'm convinced that biblical discipline is a topic we can't talk about enough. People don't get enough of it. And so today's culture has just twisted and distorted God's purpose and means for discipline into something that completely contradicts God's holy intention for it. There is a parenting philosophy out there that labels God's child training methods as cruel and abusive while claiming that theirs is loving and gentle. And what's even more confusing is they claim that their distortion of God's word is biblical. Their false claims are saturating the internet and social media, and unfortunately, it's leading a lot of parents astray. Yeah, and what's interesting is that the gentle parenting movement, which is basically an anti-discipline movement, has actually been around for a long time. The only reason many of us have only heard about it in recent years is because it's being accepted and funneled into our churches more and more, which is why more and more Christian parents are being deceived by it. We are witnessing a growing number of Christian parents who are listening to faulty child training philosophies and are now saying, I don't believe in disciplining my kids. But to say that we don't believe in disciplining our kids is to say that God's ordained methods for child training 
are wrong. It's to reject God's word. It's to say that we are wiser than God himself. And anytime we reject God's wisdom and embrace worldly wisdom, the result will be destruction. Ginger, one of the things that really bothers me about the gentle parenting movement is the way they use bits and pieces of scripture that are taken out of context to make their philosophy sound good and to promote it as biblical. They do, uh, you know, but really that's nothing new. It's the same old tactic the enemy has been using since the very beginning to deceive the human race. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 tells us that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He is notorious for twisting the word of God in order to create confusion and doubt. Then he cleverly works in temptations that appeal to our sinful desires. Think about the way he crafted his first act of deception with Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. Satan didn't tell Eve to just throw out God's word. He didn't deny that God had spoken. He knew better than that. Instead, he tried to use what God actually said to his evil advantage by slightly twisting and changing the meaning. He created confusion and doubt in verse 1 when he said, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? See, he changed and took away from and added to the very word of God. But he was smart enough to keep just enough truth to cause Eve to question it. And he's still using that same tactic today. Did God really say you have to discipline your children? Well, yeah. That's exactly what he said. Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14 say, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. The enemy is very skilled at appealing to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. When Satan was tempting Eve to doubt and question what God had said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says that Eve saw that the tree was, quote, pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes, that it was, quote, good for food, that's the lust of the flesh, and that it was desirable to make one wise, that's the pride of life. Eve chose what was pleasant to her, which was to bite into the forbidden fruit. And it's the same with parents. Let's be real. There is nothing pleasant about discipline. Doesn't feel good to us, and it doesn't feel good to our children. So we're tempted to bite into some other philosophy that's more appealing. Just like Eve, we're tempted to listen to the enemy's voice when he says, Is that really what God said? Because this other way is so much more appealing and pleasant. This is why we have to evaluate what we're being told in light of Scripture. Hebrews 12, 11 tells us that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I love that God takes into account our feelings. He knows what a struggle it is for us to discipline our children. No parent wants to see their children suffer consequences of any kind. So God graciously and compassionately acknowledges our feelings about it. But he also explains why discipline is ultimately necessary and in the best interest of our children. Satan prays on our sinful nature to lure us away from God's truth, which in turn lures us away from God's will. God's will for his children is always in line with God's best for his children. 
discipline is part of God's will and God's best. It's part of his merciful plan to rescue his children from themselves. But Satan is the enemy of God's will. He does everything within his power to kill, steal, and destroy that which God deems as good, pleasing, and perfect. The promises of the enemy sound good, but they never lead to wisdom and righteousness. They always lead to destruction and death. We're told in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. This is why we need to make sure that the people we're listening to and the parenting philosophies we're practicing line up with the truths of God's Word, not just with a few Bible verses taken out of context, but in accordance with the whole counsel of God. There are false teachings about parenting our children that are being disguised as truth. And I understand how confusing and tempting it is, especially when it's coming from Christians who are either misinterpreting or ignoring parts of Scripture. So we have to use wisdom and discernment. One way we do that is by looking to see if the teaching we're listening to is adding to or taking away from Scripture. If it is, we need to stay away from it even if it is labeled as Christian. Deuteronomy 4.2 says, Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. And I think that even goes for our podcast. You know, if if listeners hear something that they don't believe mm-hmm. is in line with God's word, first of all, email us, let us know. We would like mm-hmm. to know. And yep. also, I mean, check what we say in light of God's word. That's mm-hmm. why we constantly refer back to scripture because we don't want to be guilty of this either, you know, taking mm-hmm. things out of context and then applying it to our lives because we have these precious children we're trying to shepherd as well. So that's right. Um, Ginger, can you give us an example of how the gentle parenting movement adds to or subtracts from the commands of the Bible when it comes to disciplining children? Well, I've noticed that the general parenting movement is very quick to throw out biblical phrases such as love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle. And then they place a strong emphasis on the grace of God as a means to persuade and convince parents that disciplining children is not biblical. They quote just enough scripture, or more often, they aren't even quoting actual verses or passages, but just stringing together a few truths, such as Jesus is gentle and kind, and Jesus is patient and loving, which are all true. But then they attach those truths to their own agenda by saying something completely absurd, like Jesus would never abuse a child. Well, of course, Jesus would never abuse a child, nor has he commanded parents to abuse their children. Twisting words that contain morsels of truth is one of the enemy's most powerful tactics for leading Christians astray. That's why it's so easy for Christian parents to be deceived by the false claims of gentle parenting. God is loving, patient, kind, and gentle. All of that is true. The fruit of the Spirit is perfectly demonstrated for us through the life and work of Jesus. But equally as true is that parents are called to demonstrate all the fruit of the Spirit qualities Jesus models, not instead of, but in accordance with how we discipline our children. That means that we show love, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control as we discipline our children and as we address the sin issues in their hearts and help them understand their need for Jesus. That's what God's grace working in and through us as parents is all about. 
So don't be deceived by the twisting of scripture to validate the gentle parenting philosophy. In fact, we need to be cautious of any philosophy that quotes scripture and then follows it up with, here's what we think that passage is saying, or here's how we feel about that verse. It doesn't matter what others think or how they feel about the Bible. Truth is what God's word says regardless of what we think or how we feel. So, Ginger, you've identified four false claims that those who practice gentle parenting make against those who practice biblical discipline. So what are those? I have. And what's so interesting about all four is that when we compare the negative effects of gentle parenting, and when I say that, I mean anti-discipline, which is what they're about. Uh, When we compare those negative effects that gentle parenting has on children with the positive effects biblical discipline has, we find the opposite of these Mm -hmm. claims to be true. First, gentle parenting claims that biblical discipline is abusive and provokes anger and violence in children. Now, certainly, There are homes where parents were abusive and disciplined harshly, and the child grew up with anger issues and a bent toward violence. That's to be expected. Angry and abusive parents raise angry children who are prone to the same anger and violence they were subjected to while growing up. But that's not biblical discipline. To administer discipline in ways that sin against God and sin against our children, that's not biblical. It's a horrible violation of God's commands and His holy intention for for training kids. God gives clear instructions for discipline to be administered with love and self-control. As we just mentioned, the fruit of the Spirit is to be applied to everything we do as Christians, including the way we discipline our children. Let me just read that whole passage about the fruit of the Spirit. And as I read, let's consider these qualities in light of how God has called us to discipline our children. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 say this, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're called to keep in step with the Spirit as we live out all the commands of God, including His command for parents to bring up their children in the training, instruction, and discipline of the Lord. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you, parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress, We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. Ginger, what's the second false claim? Gentle parenting claims that biblical discipline is emotionally damaging to children. Today's culture seems to be more obsessed with the child's feelings than their 
eternal welfare. Parents are becoming more concerned with the emotional state of their children than their spiritual state. Now, don't get me wrong. Emotions are good. Emotions are God-given and should not be ignored. Our goal is not to teach our children to suppress their emotions, but to help them learn how to process and respond to them in healthy ways, which in turn helps them to not become enslaved to their emotions. Let me just chime in here and say, listeners, that if you're new to the podcast and you have a child who's struggling with big emotions, go back and listen to episode 83. That episode is called Helping Kids with Big Emotions. And in that episode, we discuss how to help children who may be in bondage to their emotions, like fear, anxiety, or anger. Uh, We'll have Heather put a link in the show notes to that episode. Katie, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was actually one of my favorite episodes. Mm. Parents need to offer understanding, compassion, and guidance to help their children with their emotional struggles. And in that episode, uh, we gave biblical and practical ways that parents can do that. But so many parents today are sacrificing opportunities to help their children acknowledge their sins and to turn to Jesus for salvation and help on the altar of coddling and even indulging sinful responses to emotions. Oh man, that is so true, Ginger, because there is a distinction between acknowledging our kids' emotions, even helping them process their emotions, and indulging our kids in their emotions. Exactly. Also, when we focus on nurturing the spiritual state of our children, it has a positive effect on their emotional Mm. state. Training and disciplining our children in the ways of the Lord involves teaching them to obey parental authority and live self-controlled lives. Self-controlled, obedient children are far more emotionally stable than disobedient children who lack self-control and are allowed to live and behave however they please. Just look around at children with parents who, quote, don't believe in discipline. Are they happy, satisfied children with healthy emotions? Or are they unhappy, unsatisfied children who've become slaves to their emotions? Are they joyful and content? Or are they whiny and demanding? Are they enjoying life? Or do they seem miserable most of the time, especially when they aren't getting their way? I have yet to encounter a content, joyful child whose parents did not believe in discipline. And speaking of emotions, how our own emotions can get in the way of our calling to discipline, especially if we don't view the reason we're called to discipline the right way. There is a battle going on for the hearts and souls of our children. Discipline is part of God's battle plan for parents to help lead and guide children to the victory they have in Jesus. Biblical discipline is not a physical battle we're fighting against our children. It's a spiritual battle we're fighting with our children against an enemy who is out to destroy them. So Ginger, just to recap, gentle parenting claims that biblical discipline, and we're talking about holistic discipline, not just the physical act of discipline, but holistic Mm -hmm. discipline. Uh, Many of these people believe that Biblical discipline is abusive, promotes anger and violence, and is emotionally harmful. So, Ginger, what is the third false claim? Gentle parenting claims that biblical discipline is old school and doesn't apply to today's culture. But God's command for parents to discipline their kids is not just for the days of old. It's not an old law from an old book that doesn't apply to today's family. We really shouldn't be surprised by that philosophy because— Just look around. The culture we're living in today defies 
the holy word of God at every point, including child training. But God's commands for parents to discipline their children and the promises behind those commands are timeless and true. We serve an unchanging, faithful God whose commands and promises are for every family in every generation. Here's the thing. If we're not clinging to God's wisdom, we're clinging to worldly wisdom. And 1 Corinthians 3.19 says the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. It may sound good, but it's foolish. That's right. But the gentle parenting movement would have parents believe that administering consequences to our children of any kind is not loving. Yep. And that actually leads us right into the fourth false claim. Gentle parenting claims that biblical discipline is not loving. You know, I can understand and even relate to how parents might be tempted to buy into that line of thinking. When my children were little, disciplining them was one of the hardest things I had to do. No parent wants to see their children suffer, any kind of consequence. But according to Scripture, disciplining our children is one of the most loving things that we can do for them. If we're tempted to believe that biblical discipline is unloving, we should ask ourselves this question. Who benefits if we do not discipline our children? Certainly not our children. Proverbs chapter 23 makes it clear that failure to discipline places the child at risk. So in reality, who benefits from not disciplining? We do. We're delivered from the discomfort of it. We're delivered from inflicting pain on those who are the most precious to us. And if we're really being honest, we're also delivered from the inconvenience and loss of time that it takes to biblically discipline our children. But God's word could not be more clear in the correlation between love and discipline. Proverbs 13, 24 says, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Not abusive, but careful to discipline. So here we see that it is love that motivates a parent to discipline. God equates discipline with love. So when we discipline in love, our children will equate discipline with love. I think the truth can sometimes be hard to hear, but God's word is really clear about our role as parents. And like you said, Ginger, part of that role is to discipline our children. Uh, the Bible is also clear on how our failure to live up to that role puts our children in harm's way. Yeah, that's exactly right, Katie. And you make a good point that failure to discipline, it does. It puts our children at risk. No loving parent would willingly put their children in danger. Parents who excuse disobedience and do not discipline their children like to say that they're being gentle and loving by showing grace. But to excuse disobedience and withhold discipline is harsh parenting because it's damaging to children. Withholding discipline encourages sinful behavior, which is destructive to their well-being, both physically and spiritually. Allowing children to indulge in sinful behavior leads to terrible consequences in this life. And if they don't repent and surrender their lives to Jesus, horrific eternal consequences in the next, namely hell. So we're not doing our kids any favors by excusing disobedience under the guise of being gentle and loving. The neglect of discipline is not gentle and loving because it enables our children to stay on a self-serving path of destruction, which leads to spiritual death. Now, Ginger, I would like to mention here that 
while scripture makes no exception for parents to bring their children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, that can and should look different for children with special needs, foster and adopted children who may have experienced neglect or abuse, um, those types of situations. So please know that we do not advocate for requiring from a child what he or she is incapable of doing. There are distinctions to be made that call for lots of discernment and prayer when it comes to discipline with those children in particular. So if you are a foster or adoptive parent, or if you have a child with special needs, we do have episodes that might be helpful for you. So check out episode 58. That's called Parenting Foster and Adoptive Kids. And also episode 75 called Understanding Trauma Behaviors. Both of those are with our wonderful guest, Sonia Martin. You guys will be really blessed by that if you're in that situation. Uh, We also have two episodes that we did with Sonia Schaefer. One Uh, was episode 86, and it was called Obedience and Special Needs Kids, followed by episode 87, which is called Consequences and Special Needs Kids. So we'll have Heather put links to all of those episodes in the show notes so you can easily find them. Yes, and we have just been so grateful and blessed to have guests on our show to talk about areas that Katie and I feel ill-equipped to discuss. Mm -hmm. So Sonia Martin and Sonia Schaefer have tremendous insight that doesn't allow for excusing disobedience or ignoring our God-given responsibilities as parents. Instead, they encourage parents in how to use wisdom and discernment for training children with unique challenges in the ways of the Lord. The saddest part of excusing and not addressing disobedience with any child is that we're missing opportunities to point them to the rescuing grace of Jesus. So I urge our listeners to be careful to not be sucked into worldly parenting philosophies that blatantly defy the truths of God's word. Hebrews 12, 6 says the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he's called parents to do the same. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Christine in California, and she says this, My quick tip is about decision fatigue when it comes to children's clothes. Get a hanging closet organizer, the ones that have five to seven pockets or compartments in them. Label each pocket with a day of the week and put a set of clothes in each compartment. So for boys, a t-shirt, pants, socks, and a jacket. For girls, a top or a dress with leggings and a jacket. That way you don't have to decide what clothes they're going to wear the morning of and it is all set and ready for them to wear. I do this while folding laundry. It's easier to put the clothes straight in there. It also makes it easier to dress nicer on Sundays since I can easily put in a button-up shirt and khakis for the boys and a dress for the girls. (laughs) Well, forget about the kids. I need one of those for me. Yeah, mine would look like sweatpants, sweatshirt. Tuesday, sweatpants, (laughs) sweatshirt. And sometimes the same one for me. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the... uh, Nature of the job, ginger, the work yep. from home, homeschooling. Work from home. I, yep. I do get dressed every day. I wash my hair every day to make sure I'm not looking like a total slob. I've gotten us way off topic. Listeners, if you have a quick <laughs> tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, I really appreciate you meeting this topic head on and for helping us tease out some of the claims of gentle parenting and 
holding those things up to the light of God's word. And listeners, just so you know, we're basically painting a big red target on our backs talking about this today. (laughs) Uh, So your prayers are appreciated. Uh, There's a lot of pushback on this. And Mm -hmm. uh, Ginger, I'm just, I'm grateful to you for addressing it. Uh, Can you leave us with a final word of encouragement? The commands and promises set forth in the Bible for parents to bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord are just as timeless and true as they are loving and gentle. The family was God's idea. Mm. He brought it into being. So who better to provide wisdom for how it operates best than God? Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Are you already looking for fun and Christ-centered Easter gifts for your children or grandchildren, or maybe your nieces and nephews? Well, today we're offering a discount on Ginger's children's books, co-authored with Al Rowland. Just use the code parenting at checkout to get 10% off these three books. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining. Chloe and the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. And Sean and his amazing shrinking sister is a book about teasing. But wait, there's more. We're also offering $10 off when you buy all three books together. That's in addition to the 10% discount off of your total order. Again, just go to gingerhubbard.com and use the code parenting at checkout. Thank you again, listeners, for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.